Hi, my name is Joe Spertoli, and this is my final assignment for Educational Leadership Class 635. And for this final assignment, we were asked to reflect as a leader to six of the essential questions, and the numbers of these questions are 7 through 12, and uh, asking us as future leaders to um, consider each question and then give our reflection for each one. The first question, essential question seven, why is it important to have a mission, vision, values, along with a personal vision when you're a school leader? So the first part that I want to talk about is the personal vision. To me, that is what is your why? Why do you lead? Why do you teach? Why do you want to be a a principal? And it's really important to keep that at the forefront because that's going to lead to um, higher motivation, better results. If you keep those ideas of if my motivation is to help students learn and achieve, um, that makes it um, easier to get through those hard stretches of the school years or when you have um, hard situations come up. Um, we had an example in class where we watched a video of a comedian that would interact with his audience members when he would take a break, and he met a gentleman that was a school music teacher. So he said, okay, um, can you sing Amazing Grace? And he did it, and it was nice. And then he said, okay, now can you sing that same song, but do it as if there was a tragedy in your life recently? And the second version was substantially better than the first one. And the comedian afterwards said the reason why the second version was so much better was because because he knew why he was singing that song. And I think if you can keep your personal mission and vision um, in the forefront, uh, then that's going to help you do better because, again, you're remembering why you're doing the work, not just what you're doing it for. Uh, It's easy as teachers and people in a school to worry about test scores and those sort of things, but it's really important to know why you're doing it. Now, in our book, Starting a Movement by Kenneth Williams and Tom Hyark, um, they talked about those mission, visions, values as guiding statements or principles that provide direction for your school. The mission is who you are today. The vision is where you want to be. It gives you the answer to why we educate and, and where are we trying to get to. So if, if, it's, if the vision is that all students will f- achieve and find success, it kind of gives that direction. It's important for you as a school leader to set that tone uh, because you are the one leading that district. And so it's very important to have that out there that everybody knows it and everybody um, can buy into that. Essential question eight, what impact will principals have on using different leadership styles that involve stakeholders? And one of the later questions, I'll talk more about some of these um, like autocratic, participative, collaborative when it comes to decision making. But one thing we talked about in class was for leadership styles being a manager versus being a leader. And I believe you have to do both to be effective. Being a manager is more of like the planning, organizing, you know, when it comes to budgeting or new technology and scheduling, those things that have to get done that you can also include stakeholders in some of those things, but that are more the logistical side of things. And then being a leader is having that vision, trying to connect people, looking at ways to improve and getting people to collaborate together um, 
to build um, and have progress going forward. So again, effective principals, I think, need to have both of those styles. And I do think that when you can involve the stakeholders, that that's really important to do that because then you're going to get more buy-in from those people because they're not just being told this is what you have to go do they get to share their input and even if they disagree at least they got to share what direction that they would like to see um, you know the school district head for essential question number nine what is cultural proficiency and why is it important i actually looked up the definition online through the teacher leadership online institute and their definition is policies practices or values behaviors that enable people and institutions to engage effectively with people and groups different from them i think this is really important because students and staff members will come from all different backgrounds and you want people to feel comfortable um, because that's going to give the best opportunity to have a welcoming environment where people can be successful you know simple things like you know, not just saying, hey, this is Christmas break, but understanding that there might be a lot of students or staff members that maybe don't celebrate Christmas at that time of year. And it's important to, to, to be cognizant of those things because it can make people uncomfortable. I know when I first started teaching at a Catholic high school in the Twin Cities, I grew up going to a different church. And so when we would have mass, you know, it, it would almost feel uncomfortable at times just because I wasn't used to that. So I think it's really important as a leader that you're always trying to learn about different cultures and groups, always trying to educate people around you because the more that we can understand and know, the better we can make the working and learning environment for those people involved. I remember in college, um, I had a class where they talked about how some Native American groups don't like um, mascots to be in, in their name. So like one of the tribes was like the Sioux and there's a college that their mascot is the Fighting Sioux and the reason why they really don't like that is because they they are a peaceful tribe and they don't like to be violent and, and fight and so it really kind of cast them in a negative light that they didn't want. And so by hearing that, it made total sense to me why they didn't want to be a, a mascot for, for a school or a team. And so I think learning and educating is super important um, for people then to be aware of others around them and how they might be feeling. Um, essential question 10, what are the key motivation factors to building positive culture and climate? Uh, I think the big motivational factors are that people are more likely to stick together through adversity and not point fingers if you have a positive culture and climate. And also, best, it's the best environment to support growth for teachers and students. Um, in our book, Culturize, by Jimmy Casas, um, he he mentioned that it's really important to keep student needs and situations at the forefront and make them the focus to have a positive impact. And this can be done in simple ways. He gave an example. There was a first grade um, like technology teacher that would just stand in the halls and, and try to learn every student's name as quickly as she could. And when these first graders are walking by, she's saying hi to all of them, and one of them stops after she says his name. And that student walks over and said, you're the only teacher that knows my name besides my classroom teacher and gave her a big hug and then from that day on that student would pop into her classroom and want to talk or would want to see some new technology tool that she was showing and it built a really strong relationship and sometimes it is just those simple acts of kindness um, that can go a long way and and can lead to um, 
a, a positive, again, atmosphere and environment where students are more likely to engage and, and learn. So I think it's super important as a leader that you set that tone again and encourage people to go out of their way to build those relationships to make it a, a positive culture. And you have to set that example and do that yourself. Um, for essential question 11, what is the change process and the impact on stakeholders? I think the part of our class that stood out to me in this area the most was when we got to video chat with Neil Gupta. Um, he talked about using the ice cube example where you have to unfreeze, then change, and then refreeze when when you're trying to go through this change process. So the first part with unfreezing is noticing something that you think needs to change, kind of breaking that down. And then the change part is reworking that to what you want it to be. And once you get it to the desirable um, situation, then you want to refreeze it. So that becomes the new norm. And now he said, it's really important to involve um, stakeholders, including the naysayers, because you have to get them on board. And he said, you're either going to deal with the naysayers early um, before you implement a change or you're going to do that later um, when you roll out the change. So he said he likes to do that early so that they can kind of troubleshoot the issues or explain to the individuals why why you're doing this change to hopefully get more buy-in because ultimately the the stakeholders, the teachers, people in the building are going to be the ones implementing the change that you like to see. Um, and ultimately, if there's a disagreement, what he talked about was that you got to, again, keep the why in, in focus. And if, if the answer is that this change is what's best for the kids and the mission of the school district, then that's why you got to do it. And a lot of times, even the naysayers can get on board when they, when they understand that, even if they don't always agree with the change. So again, I think it's super important to include stakeholders, including those that might be against the change as you go through the change process. And the final essential question, which is number 12, how does administration make decisions and who what is part of the process so there's multiple ways we talked about in class of how these decisions can be made you could do it alone which would be autocratic you could seek input from others which would be participative you could seek collaboration of people working together and that would be collaborative or you could just let other people decide which is the laissez-faire kind of style um I think one thing, again, we talked about in class that helps you decide when to make these decisions is looking at the scale of is it important or is it not important? Is it urgent or is it not urgent? And then when it comes to deciding who and what is part of the decision-making process, that all depends on the situation and what you're dealing with. There's going to be times as a school leader or a principal, you might have to just decide something on your own. So maybe you're dealing with a student that got in trouble in class a bunch of times and you have to give a suspension. Um, you might decide that on your own. Otherwise, if it's a reoccurring thing, maybe you include the, the teacher in it and to see if, if the teacher has some other ideas that, um, that they might know the student better and might know uh, something that might that might help um, change that behavior. Um, 
But again, if you were dealing with something like an expulsion, then you definitely can't do that on your own as a leader. There are other people that will be involved in that decision. And then even another example might be just setting policies. You might be able to, as the principal, sometimes just make a tweak or a change on your own. But if it's going to be a big change, um, something that might affect the teacher's in a big way, you might want it to be collaborative where they work together and pitch some ideas or you just um, seek their input maybe through a survey or something like that um, when making that decision. So you can't always, you cannot always try to get everybody's input on every decision you make because there's going to be so many that come up throughout the day. That's something I deal with my job right now as an athletic director is that I, I can't always Im- get input from coaches or students or parents. Um, there's sometimes you just have to make a decision. And sometimes if it's urgent, you have to do it right on the spot. And then you just have to, again, follow your mission, your vision, what's best for the students uh, in the school district, and then and then stick with that. So um those were the essential questions for for this class. I really enjoyed um, learning again in that uh, group of students and with Jessica was great and uh, it was awesome to hear other people's situations in the class. Some people are already in the principal type role. Other people are sharing input from teacher's perspective and it, it's always super helpful to me to hear other people's examples and uh, see how that that can help me down the road and even in my current position so thank you for um, taking the time to listen to my final assignment and i hope you have a great day thank you